right, we'll banter for a bit. Right. I only have I only have one mood and it's ranting. Do you want me to kick off the newsy news, Corey? Do the do the comeback? What do you want to do? Well, it? you could do it. It's all you. I'll do it. You're 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 wearing that nice collared polo oh, shirt. No, Looks yeah. like you're. Are you gonna hit the links after this? Uh, no. Do you want to? Do you want to know the actual truth? This is pre-show banter, and people love the actual truth. <laughs> I fell asleep in this last night and woke up and just went straight to work in it. So this is also my pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> you woke up like that if that's yeah, if that's actually woke up like 100 true i'll bring my wife in here okay all right yeah. sometimes you wave with that you know there's this thing called deadhead yeah if you ask i don't know if anyone asked for that or if no that's what you show up for fusion branter for you 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 find out did anyone else sleep in the clothes they're wearing like who sleeps in clothes? First of all, I mean, can we to get that out of the way? We are learning a lot of things today. Like <laughs> I have the heater blasting, so it's like too hot for clothes. It's weird. <sighs> What's a if you sleep in clothes, what is a heater? If, if you sleep in clothes, say in chat why you sleep in clothes, please explain to me. <laughs> if you have like, are I guess putting pajamas in this, like actual, yes, yeah, pajamas, like 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 sleeping in anything more than underwear. To me, you sleep in the nude. Sleep Not in, in the nude. In okay. the nude sounds like you know. <laughs> I'm <socks>. actually. <laughs> He wears yeah. socks. No, socks whoa, whoa, only. that's a whole different socks conversation. Only, socks? Only socks to keep your feet Just warm. socks? <laughs> no. Isn't like, the red, red Hot Chili Peppers only playing socks? Wasn't well, yeah, but yeah, that's, that's very not, different. We're not going to. We're not. That's, uh, we are oh, definitely not. That's this is going to get demonetized. You know, I love the people coming in and chat who have who've basically got my back because they know you can tell like, yeah, I got kids. If my kids fall asleep and I'm in bed, I'm out. You're not I'm moving. Fun. Yeah, this yeah. is what I <laughs> So, okay, solution, just wear PJs all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, if you talk to my wife, that's what my wife does. Yeah, I'll also, try. like, I feel like pajamas, What are pajamas just, like, a category of clothing? Like, what defines a pajama? Anyway, Corey, let's, okay, let's, first off, soft. are you just discovering pajamas? Like, no, yeah. but people say this word, pajamas, what, I feel like it's one of those words, it, it means different things to different people. What is it, because when I think pajamas, I'm thinking, like, striped, long, one, like, long, shirt like like What's like his? old school pajamas like grandpa a joe shirt from uh, yeah like grandpa joe's like oh there's a bear out in the backyard let me put on my johns and go hat, see right i don't know or is, is pajamas just like an old t-shirt or something like i i don't know pajamas is a word you must define for yourself Corey. that's right oh god True. i, I <laughs> choose not to define a it long way to go in your journey i choose not to define pajamas it's whatever pajamas are what you make of it that's true that's and right on habit. this edition of let's talk about pajamas pajamas all right, all right. I, got one pajamas. I got one last reason why you should wear pajamas in california right have you ever experienced a large earthquake and ran outside and nothing but your underwear every <laughs> your neighbors to see yes it's happened to several people here. that I've seen and myself. So that is I mean, why that's I a risk pajamas. I'm willing to take. It's <laughs> like playing the lottery. I mean, you know, sometimes you get lucky. <laughs> sometimes you got to do it. Hello, everyone. This is talking about news from black hills information security i am ian meyer and it is january 30th and we're going to be talking to you about all the news that's not fit to rant about well not it is actually fit to rant about and uh uh we've got all kinds of news that we didn't cover last week because if you joined last week well we were ranting about layoffs so now uh we're gonna I, i think i think it might actually be more interesting to maybe cover a lot of the skateboarding dog stories, some some uplifting and funny ones. So so fish is doing fishing, you know, Batman tricks with Wi-Fi, uh, but uh, FBI hive takeovers. We we got a lot of news here, and we got a wonderful right. group of folks to talk to talk to you about it. We got Ryan here making us look good. We got Bronwyn. We got Cameron. We got Wade. We got Shecky. We got myself. We got uh, not John. Uh, oh, now you're one, 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 one. Thanks. Okay, so yeah, he's right there. Yeah, he's home. And uh, Mr. Ralph May, how is everybody? He's, he's DNS. It's always DNS. Yes, it's always it's DNS. always DNS. I'm yeah. I'm inevitable. I'm inevitable. You need. You want me. You want me on that name server? You need me on. Somebody was gonna get it. Uh, yeah. Actually, we have a ton of news we didn't talk about last weekend. Um, there was actually a lot. It's actually stuff that's been going on. Like I. 
it might get to the point at this that it might just be like a cadence of news stories. Right? Um, so, okay, the first thing I want to... F- the, f- the first, I don't even know if we have an article of this, but can we just follow up on LastPass's just keeps getting worse? There can is we, an article just- for that. Yes, it's in oh, there. Okay, let's cover yeah. that one first because that's a follow-up. Everyone probably already knows this, but LastPass is somehow even worse yes. than it was. Or worser. Yeah, so I guess the word on the street is, and when I say word on the street, GoTo has announced that the attack was worse than they thought. because They're like, they're man, why did we buy this? I, I don't know. So so the the problem with this breach, right, has been mainly their cadence of like, oh, well, it was bad. Okay, it was worse. But now they're like, backups It's like they're going back through the logs and just finding yes. what's worse. Yes. That, like, they're like, finding stuff right in the crap. I guess it was even worse. I'm like, what do you guys not know? Like, <laughs> oh, all right, what do you know? Or do, <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> do they know anything? No, I mean at this point it isn't clear whether they actually know anything. Basically, the big the big thing with this one is it also includes their backups and backups, it also yeah. includes the encryption keys for a certain number or of effective clients. So the people that were like, "Oh, it wasn't that bad. Everything was encrypted." Then they're like, "Everything wasn't encrypted." They're like, "Okay, it wasn't that bad. Most of it was encrypted." <laughs> now they're like, "Okay, also they got the keys. Okay, it wasn't that bad. All they got was the encrypted, partially encrypted data and the keys." So uh-huh. uh, I don't really can it get any worse? I mean, what at this point, like unless they just have you know declare bankruptcy or something, like well, how how does it get worse? <laughs> I'll be right back. I just got a notification. Someone logged in my last pass. Yeah, of course they did. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean this, this is hard. I mean, one like it, it this makes our life harder. You know what I mean? Like you have we've we've been saying for years and years and years as professionals go get LastPass, go get one password go get you know whatever because it's going to do better and now there's this happening and people are going to go i'm just gonna you know i'm going to use my dog and the and the don't save your credentials in the browser I, i'm going to do a blog Everyone's post about getting this a but, password uh if you <laughs> notebook now just a little it notebook. can be worse <laughs> if you save your credentials in the browser it's much worse than using LastPass, even yeah. if your LastPass got breached <laughs> jesus I do. I do think one interesting thing about password manager debate that's come up is the uh, like how um, like the threat model here. If your encrypted password um, vault gets stolen, which in this case it did, um, what would happen? Like, be to get into that thing, right? Like, you know, how good was that master password you're using, right? Um, and what are the other security precautions you could take, or is there any, right? And I think well, in this here's case, the thing with this one. You don't need to get into it if you have the encrypted data and the key. You just decrypt it. <laughs> you don't have to lock in. You just decrypt the data and then you have all their passwords. Yeah. Yeah. So MFA, um, MFA, all the things. The only yeah. chance. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a whole thing. And then one password came out and they were like, we're better. I'm like, all right. And then um, uh, yeah, we're very, better. Yes. Yeah, so just literally we're better. But they do have one thing that does make this model better. All right. And, uh, you know, this is kind of like from a security standpoint, they have a recovery key that is independent of your password. You need both of those to decrypt that vault. Recovery key is not something to make up. It's like a random 32 character value. Right. And so what that would mean is, is that if attacker were to steal your one pass vault, they would need to get that recovery key and the password. Right. And assume in the recovery key is not something that one password knows. They just generate it and then say, hey, write this down, because if you lose it, you'll never be able to get in your vault. again, Right. Um, so that's yeah, I'm sure that wasn't breached, was it? They'll, they'll be announcing that one in what, another month? What? Which one? That their recovery keys were also breached. No, 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 no. no. I'm saying one password does that, password doesn't. Oh, the, you're saying like the inherent two-factor versus the yes, no two-factor? Well, factor. It's, like yeah. it's like one and a half factor. We're going to call it one and a half factor, mm-hmm. okay? Because it's Let's still it something you know. Make it as confusing as you can. Can we call it 1.25 factor? Yes, 1.25. Because it's something you know, it's something you know, but not something that you can make really It's two at. things you know. Okay, hold on. We've got to worry about GDPR, though. What about the metric authentication factors like oh, oh yeah good yeah. point yeah, yeah. i think yeah, it, no. i think 1.25 factors translates to 2.2 metric factors I, i'm not really sure 2. 2 metric factors. anyways so i think the sum of this is don't be surprised if for some reason it gets worse next week because it just keeps getting worse okay i i don't know they've they got everything <laughs> so panic I, I don't know that's wrong We've got a ton of other yeah. news articles. You guys want to talk yeah. about? Yeah, well, I just wanted to derail. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, normally so right yeah, off the rails. Right. Yeah, 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 I mean, 
So I had, I wanted to bring up and we can just hit on these really fast. Um, and I saw this one uh, personally because uh, I have T-Mobile. I logged in my account. I got a notification and T-Mobile was breached again for like the 19th time. They're like the same thing yeah. as 1Password. They're just getting nailed over and over again, right? Um, 37 million accounts uh, compromised. Now, T-Mobile says there was no um, like credit cards or other, other information. They said no passwords, but let's wait till next week. Maybe it's worse. We'll see. May, you know, um, it seems like they're kind of slow rolling now. Um, but yes, T-Mobile was breached again. <sighs> and so is this a real data breach or no, it's an API abuse? It's an API. Yeah. So like think, classic, like, not a real data API breach. that's not uh, that that you're able to query some information out of it um, you know, and bits of information. But it did include like uh, customer information. So address, date of birth, uh, other things like that. So like definitely is a BII in there um, that they could have scraped out. And you know what's funny is I was calling T-Mobile to do a. You got a call now because uh, <laughs> for you or for someone else? Uh, for me, <laughs> for me. It's a personal phone swap. It's I mean, illegal. It's illegal. It's illegal. Someone else's phone. Yeah, but, no, it's, um, it's a side gig. Lucrative, dude. You'd be surprised, man. You'd be surprised. Yeah, I mean, this is just watch your. Uh, don't trust anything that claims to be related to T-Mobile at the moment. Yes, <laughs> yes. They oh, they have a whole thing. T-Mobile. T-Mobile or any kinds of IOTs. Little segue here. Uh, appliance, mm. appliance makers are apparently sad that 50% of their customers won't connect their appliances to Wi-Fi. I love this article That's so much. Okay. I, this made me so happy. Thank you for bringing this up. This is uplifting for everything. Yes. Guys, we did it. We did it. Half, well, okay. of all, half of all people won't even connect their IOT smart fridge to the internet. <laughs> Is it because they don't know how, or is it because they don't want to know when their milk expired? I don't know. Well, you know, the whole having a refrigerator able to phone home, that just seems like solving a problem that doesn't exist. People right. have been dealing with spoiled milk for how many millennia? Come on. I don't need to have my refrigerator call me when it is feeling sad and blue and like its shelves are empty. Yeah, we did it. We told all of our family members that not to do it. I mean, everyone still has the Amazon Alexa wiretap in their house, but I mean, whatever. We're close. This is better than nothing. At least you can't get ransomware on your stove and it's like, please enter five bitcoins to cook so, your pizza. We all know why no one is entered is is putting their IoT devices on. They can't remember the password, right? So that's the first right. problem. We told them to They're use like, really what's my password? Wi-Fi password? I don't know. Oh. When, when the guy set it up, he shared it with my iPhone and then yes. I shared it with your iPhone. And then you shared it with your eye. Like, it's just, it's but then like you a cycle. IPhone iPhone and now we don't have the share anymore. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Am I supposed to open the refrigerator and look inside it like a no, savage? No, well, no, see, we have this thing me. now called Windows. Windows. And not yeah. like Microsoft Windows, but like having a window in your fridge. Anyway. <laughs> or you can uh, put Windows on your fridge, which is what this no. article is about. Yeah, I think this is amazing. I mean, I definitely think, like, let's keep this up. Let's get it up to 65, 70%. Perfect. What are the potentials for like a denial of service attack on your fridge? Like, could someone lock you out of your refrigerator? Yes. 100%. 100%. Or more likely, it's just a point of presence to scan your entire network or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Yes. But no, like, they're going to use it to go ahead. Become dependent on. Yeah. They're going to use and it just to go like, ahead and keep ordering eggs for you. Constant stream of ordering <laughs> eggs and bankrupt. Oh, they're already using my Alexa for that. I get eggs every week. I don't know where they're yes. coming from. Please stop. <laughs> Whoever you are with my Amazon API key, please just give me something else. Tea, like anything that I actually like. I don't eat this many eggs. I I uh, I don't even think uh, you like eggs, right? You don't like eggs. I mean, I do now. Well, I used to before I started getting so many. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think... I think more than anything, this is like, I really hope that the vendors don't interpret this as like, oh, now we have to make it so you can't even use it without connecting it to Wi-Fi. Oh, there's some that, that do that already. Like you yeah. have to put it up over Wi-Fi to the point where like Samsung had a, a dishwasher update that to get the update, I think it was something and I might be misspeaking. So please go research this on your own. But it was like, like the washer or dryer could catch fire or something and you needed this update. And people say, well, I, don't, I haven't connected this to my my Wi-Fi. They will ship you this proprietary dongle, which I am certain is just a plastic proprietary a USB wired into four. <laughs> yeah, wired into <laughs> USB. But it's got like the Samsung case and whatnot. But they're like, yeah, to update it, you have to do this. Like, I really? 
Is this where we're at? Like what? someone Shane's comment is so funny. A new diet app to lock you out of your fridge. <laughs> 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 That's, it's like it's like you can't get in the freezer. There's only bad food in the freezer. You're gonna <laughs> brought to you by Ginny yeah. Craig. <laughs> That's that is amazing. Fridge, you'll kill yourself. Oh no. Yeah, I mean, if you can't preheat your oven in advance, you probably shouldn't be baking in the first place. Like if you can't oh. if you can't be bothered to attacked. go do that. <laughs> I feel I feel like you're personally talking about how I cook. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're like, oh, if I have to stand and uh, stand up and walk downstairs to press three buttons or, or turn a dial, I that's too much work. However, I will like spend three hours troubleshooting the software update functionality or whatever. Mm. I, I, I'm just waiting. The, part of the reason I'm adamantly against this stuff is not even necessarily the security issues. It's the dystopian world of well. You got a uh, 50% discount on your refrigerator so long as you keep at least four bags of Tostino's Hot Pockets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a brand deal. It locked it down. It's like, well, you can't. It's, oh. like, remember the, the Kindles? And they still sell them this way, but they had the special advertisements. And you could get the Kindle for cheaper, but your lock screen yes. is an ad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's all it's going to be. It's like, well, you didn't you didn't have enough to go waffles in your refrigerator. So until you purchase through this special barcode, <laughs> your door sounds off. like a scene from Idiocracy. Right. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Yes. It is. Yes. I mean, that's and, but it makes me so happy that like we as a society have decided that we're not plugging these things into the internet. It makes me so happy. I, I honestly I think that the baby boomers just don't know how to connect it to the internet. And that's really <laughs> what happened. I think it's just well, the, what, what did the actual article say? Because the actual article said won't connect their stuff well maybe it's can't to connect it okay yeah right, that, that well, well that's what the you know th- that was the headline okay so basically they're like it, it manufacturers are quoted customers don't know all the things they can do if they connect their device like so, provide manufacturers with data and insights over how their customers are using their products i like, really? i will say right now i got a new oven and i connected it to the internet and i'll tell you the one reason why the only reason security be there no self-control Yes, I have no self-control and I need to know. No, just so the <laughs> clock is the right time. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying, okay, so you're saying you're willing to trade all of your personal usage data on like what, how much, how much you bake, how often you bake. There's probably a microphone in there. No. He yes. wants to be able to not have to deal with daylight savings time. Anymore. Just so, exactly. so you can save yourself. Exactly. exactly. That the is the, the problem only- is, so here, here's the thing, Ralph. I know you have a VLAN for your oven. Like most people don't. Most people are like, oh, I'll just give away the whole freaking house with my oven so I don't have to set the time two times a year. Is yeah. it fall back or fall sprint forward? I forget. I don't know. It's really um, difficult though. Yeah, I mean, is, you're right. Also, crazy. what if the power goes out though? So your arguments. What if the power goes out? Yes, I, dude, I've had literal. I can only accept this as an answer is if you set your stove as the authoritative NTP for your entire. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Hooked <laughs> <laughs> into the microwave. Right. Like everything in the house gets its updates. Ah, oh, the stove is off by fifteen well, minutes. You want to know it? Find into anything. You want to know a workaround for this? Don't no. rely on your appliances to tell you what time it is. Don't no, we have no, like just our phones or like, like watches? No, I, like you know how many clock devices also, I have in my house. That's what I'm saying. Eliminate <laughs> no. one. Eliminate one. No, entirely. I don't want to update any of them. That's the problem. Don't, I have don't do the clock. Just turn off the clock. Just tape over the screen. I wish you, you don't could. need the screen. I wish there was a button to turn off the clock. But we'll tell you this though. It lets me know all the time that it needs to be cleaned. It's like, hey, you haven't cleaned. That's me in insanely a while. annoying. I know. <laughs> I know that's anyway. So I the default the state of a kitchen appliance is it needs to be cleaned. So I don't Still time it. for call. Yes. <laughs> I, I would like to point out one thing in this article and how it's how it's written. How uh, customers don't know all the things that a manufacturer can do, like send over the air updates as if they'd need that with without uh, without what IoT in the first place. Right. Well, also they can't sell parts or subscription. What's a subscription service? So I have to pay for broiling or something? Like what is going on? Like uh, yes. anyway. Yes. I'm scared. Is it like pay $15 a month to be able to microwave butter? Otherwise we'll just explode it in your so microwave. What I think is funny about this is that like the IoT, right? All these devices, right? Like your oven and your microwave and stuff, like they really have like limited use case besides like the clock that I just can't, you know, set myself, right? Um, but there's other use cases for IoT devices like your car, 
right? That's getting over there updates that are like providing value, right? That, you know, you're like, oh, wow, my car got better this month because now I can have jingles or something. I don't know, whatever. Um, but they're adding features uh, mm. where some of these other devices don't technically really add features. Think, and, you know, I don't know. I think the biggest thing from a consumer perspective is everyone, like, there's definitely varying opinions on people's perception of whether a car is, should be like set it and forget it ready to go because there's recalls or safety. Like I think most people, you could yep. sell them the argument of like, well, things need to change. Like, yeah. you know, over time things need to improve, but like, if you can't <laughs> make a stove that works, like, I don't know if I want to buy your stove. Like if you can't make a stove, like stove technology is not technology. Turn on the heat, turn off the heat, yes. maintain a consistent temperature. Like it shouldn't be like, oh, well, actually there was a bug where if you turn the broiler to 550, it just explodes your house. Like, can you make a, a software that doesn't like, can I get a don't new do one? that. Yeah. Can we go back to like, you know, old school, like that? Uh, I don't know. Maybe yeah. there's like that. Yeah, maybe that there's a movement there. I don't know. I like to jump into the dystopian hellscape that this is creating because that's always yeah. fun. Um, and and uh, brought to you by MBAs, MBAs, dystopian landscapes since whenever <laughs> they came about. Um, I can guarantee you there's a bunch of folks sitting in the supply chain meetings going, well, wait a minute. If we built this stove and we had like four burners, but we had like a smaller fifth burner in there that you can only turn on if you pay for the extra feature or oh, yeah. it's a convection oven that has the fan and we'll build one so it saves on all the production costs, but you but license you the thing, yeah. which is all BMW and all these other companies are doing with durable goods. They're saying things that we don't expect to see a revenue stream on for anywhere between three to 10 years. We need to figure out ways to make that a constant revenue stream and it is horrifying and disgusting, and I hate oh, it. But okay, it add yes, any value. You're right. But random company out there listening to this that makes that's gonna make like some kind of like analog, like collapse-proof <laughs> oven. I want to buy it. Whatever it is, because if, <laughs> if 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 a if a proton hits my chip in my oven and I can't bake anything anymore, then I just want like let's go back to normal. Like let's I go back to cool. like. Let's <laughs> let's go back to like mechanical. Like, give me a wood stove or something. I'm you can you make an something. oven with a clock with a battery? I'll buy it. Clock <laughs> <laughs> with a battery. It's like, oh, no one's ever thought of that. This, get this guy on the product engineering team right now. This is not a product recommendation necessarily, but I'm betting a lot of people out there will be as excited as I was about this. We started getting Speed Queen washer and dryer appliances, and they're the same ones that make like the coin operated type stuff but they oh. make higher end things right and they make mm -hmm. home ones here's the thing my dryer doesn't have any digital components none it's all analog and resistors like i took the whole thing apart when we bought it used and it's just wires and nothing and i can look at like i can understand all this and i can repair it and so all their stuff is all completely mechanical and uh, it, you just you can't kill it. And I'm like, yeah, more of that. Give me that. <laughs> can we talk about ransomware again, guys? And we can we talk about uh, ransomware appliances. Fine. I actually had two ransomware articles we can talk about real quick. Um, first one is that um, more ransomware victims are refusing to pay hackers. Ooh, that's how they're going to fight back, right? Oh, uh, <laughs> I guess the. Uh, a ransomware gangs in 2022 made about 456 million, but it looks like less people are paying. I don't know. Do you think it's because crypto is going down? Yeah. What do you guys think? I think it's. I think it's because they know it's a slippery slope. You just because you pay doesn't mean you're going to get your data back. Doesn't mean you're going to get the online uh, unlock keys, and mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you're not going to get targeted again. How many times? How many times do ransomware people go after the same victim multiple times? So the victims are seeing a diminishing return on paying the ransom. Yeah, I think also like ransomware has kind of changed its TTPs. Like now we know they type two ransomware or whatever, or double ransomware, whatever you want to call it, where it's like it also exfiltrates all your files beforehand. So mm -hmm. it's like, well, at that point, they already have all our files. Like, uh, uh, do we trust them? Like, like Bronwyn said, do we trust them to delete all these files? Like, I think, it, yeah, I don't know. It's also the official advice, right? So maybe it's just more awareness. Like that's, yeah. that's the, isn't that like CISA's stance? 
just I mean, maybe pay. backups too. Maybe it's a backup and they decided just to go that route as opposed to paying, right? You know, doing the right thing yeah. um, from a security Awareness has risen. Yeah. It's yeah, not like a really good point that processes and procedures yeah. have risen because at this point, so many boardrooms have asked that classic question of what are our competitors doing when this happens? Like, oh, this other company I do board work for just invested 1.5 million in some crazy backup system like some uh you know near line storage or something like that and they're like oh so then we'd be good yeah then we'd be we'd good, be good. And then- we'd be good so we'd be good and that's, the- and that's a big deal for a lot of companies is business continuity yeah. for ransomware yep. that that's like probably the if you're like a CISO getting hired into a company you don't know anything that's probably the first question that are gonna ask you right what's our ransomware procedures so like, another reason the- why um is the FBI recently uh sees the infrastructure for the high somewhere uh, right uh, i guess they had access we saw, to it yeah. for a little while um guess it was like 130 million in ransomware payments um 1300 companies world women healthcare. um so yeah the crackdown on ransomware like gangs and operations right um you know i'm using gang in the term here but um yeah also another possible reason ransomware might be going down is uh, enforcement or you know going after so it's interesting the way the fbi kind of goes after actually they actually go after the whole infrastructure seizing whatever they can from other companies that are providing legitimate services right um and then going from there so what do you guys think you know that's an interesting that's an interesting kind of theory when you think about it because the more and more of this ransomware becomes like and we we heard about this through a number of different leaks that they're basically running devops shops and they've got this service and that yep. service and whatnot and they're they're literally doing the same thing that businesses do they say well let's not do this ourselves let's build it in the cloud let's do this let's do that well now what they've done is they've taken themselves out of the shadows and put themselves firmly in areas that regulatory bodies can touch and and get to and shut down and and get additional info and now, you know, the the law enforcement can actually go after them. So they're almost a victim of their own success. They got so big that to do it and make money, they have to do this enormous scale of contacting people and have enormous infrastructure to do it. But then yeah. that makes them their own target. Wild. Yeah. It didn't help, I guess, uh, for... Did you guys hear about KFC, Taco Bell, all of Yum! Brands? Got no. ransomware too. No. <laughs> yes. No, my free chalupa I know. that I was going to so collect KFC, after three years of it. Well, the, Hab- the Habit Burger Grill, I had no idea it was one of their chains. Anyways, uh, but they like started locking down stuff, right? So the FBI's going after ransomware gangs and it still keeps on happening. Yeah, so Yum was also got ransomware. It caused temp disruption. The company is aware of no other restaurant disruptions and does not expect this event to have material adverse impact. I wonder. I wonder if they got all thirteen of the secret herbs and spices, or if they all only compromised. 13, yes, yes. <laughs> or however many there are. I, I don't only, know if it's actually thirteen. No, that was the trick, Corey. Publicly, it's eleven. Oh, it's a, oh, that we know who's it. part of this ransomware gang. So, okay. So, yeah, I mean, it, honestly, like, is this just like smash and grab? Are they going after the secret recipe? Because I don't think there is a secret recipe, but maybe there is. I don't know. No. Maybe we'll I see the secret like... recipe on WikiLeaks. No. <laughs> it's like a, a really controversial thing. 11 herbs and spices are just cumin, coriander, and everything else in your spice cabinet. It's nothing even special. They they did say no custolen. I'm like, oh, what? Like my like rewards coupon code? I don't, I don't know. Like what? Oh, what dude, you KFC don't back up all your data you... into KFC? <laughs> <laughs> what does KFC ask for when you get a bucket of chicken? Can I get your social, please? It's in data continuity. Wait, there is someone out there that's willing to give up their SSN for a bucket of chicken. I just want to get that out there. Live for this yum yum credit card. (laughs) I mean, if your SSN's already out there in ten different places, you might as well get the free chicken. It's it's everywhere. everywhere. (laughs) The chicken is probably worth more than the credit monitoring at this point. So, who invited the devil to this news show? <laughs> oh my god! I've got credit monitoring, and for like my whole family, I'm gonna pass it well, down. You don't for have his chicken monitoring. You don't have chicken <laughs> you have monitoring. Your dog, you know, yeah. dogs, cats, even fish. Man, you you can't trust them. They're getting credit cards on their own. 
I hope that True. like oh. this. This <laughs> is where we need like our segues. nice segue. Good, Adam. This is where we well well because this is where we need our infosec onion because I'd like to publish an article that says that the hackers went after KFC just to increase the spiciness of the chicken or something like that. <laughs> that was like the whole. That was the whole like it was all they were gonna like edit the recipes to make it like to get, so, to get their personal item back to how they liked it like twenty years ago. Or whatever. So what what's up with this fish story? I love this story. It's it was a big fish. Oh, this is hilarious. What, yeah, so I don't know the story. Someone explain to me how the story. So there's this there's this guy who okay. literally set up like an algorithm to go through with this camera, and as his goldfish mm -hmm. moved, it would record the movements and translate them into I, I forget which Pokemon game it is from the story, but the whole point was to have a live stream video content that said how long does it take the goldfish randomly moving through the thing to uh -huh. hit the right buttons to complete this this pokemon game okay. and so he did it the, the fish has done it once with one of these other pokemon games uh-huh then they put in the new one and somehow the fish was able to break out of the game go into their nintendo reward store Enter in the pin to get in there and then bought like some some amount of Nintendo rewards cards. Oh my and, god. Uh, that is beautiful. It is it is ten thousand fish in a bowl writing Shakespeare and it's amazing. I, I think the article <laughs> mentioned something that the, the, the game, game console crashed. crashed. Mm -hmm. Oh and it got it, it was on the menu screen or something and navigated the menu screen somehow. But then but then but then someone got involved. After it crashed, someone noticed. Uh oh. Then they registered the correct sequence of inputs to add 500 yen oh, to their account. Oh, the credit card information to everyone watching. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, okay. So, I mean, I guess I don't want to say, like, if you set up a goldfish playing a video game, you should actually watch it because that just sounds really boring. But, um, yes. <laughs> I guess so, if it dumps to the UI, you need to you need to pause. So from a security screen. perspective, how would you have fixed the fish problem? <laughs> well, use a different fish. <laughs> this fish, not let the fish play the Nintendo. First off, first off fishy. The, the answer is easy. It's MFA. That is multiple. No, 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 no. Different <laughs> fish. Different <laughs> fish. Multi fish authentication. Multi fish. Yes. Oh, I see. So, oh, I get it. They, if they're going to approve yes. a transaction, both fish have to swim to the same side of the same tank. Same side, yeah. Uh, Synchronized swimming. Well, yes. No, you're yeah. right. MFA. Yeah. MFA is the solution to all things. Yes. Yes. Multi-fish. We, I think we solved security. Good job, guys. Two goldfish. I mean, <laughs> I, I guess this Good is just story. a story and like, I didn't think this was even possible that this could go wrong. Like, this is like, if you're doing like user design case testing, this this can happen. Like <laughs> some <laughs> user's gonna call you and be like, "So I don't know what I did, but I'm on your website and I'm, it says admin console, and I just typed uh, yeah. delete." It's like, how have, did you all, even get there? All I want to know is does <laughs> LastPass have uh, multi fish protection? Mm. Mm. You know, they probably had it. that, but no actual encryption. Yeah, <laughs> that's that was their problem. Their threat <sighs> model was so much time on that feature. The other question is, can we build a social engineering setup that uses fish to generate the ruses? Yeah. Are they uh, randomness? Because, I mean, no, not as a, no, they're not random. We know they're in malicious intentions. We found oh, that out. That is true. We have confirmed. <laughs> they can't be used as a secure fish. source of random. And overall fish, they're maliciously. Yes. That makes yeah. sense. <laughs> Obviously, the best use of the fish's time is to hire them as a QA tester. <laughs> Hire them as a QA <laughs> They will find the fish getting paid. They will yeah. they will find what's fishy with your software. You know what I mean? I'm trying to think of like wordplay for <laughs> for fish and fuzz, like, but I'm like fishes aren't fuzzy, and I can't get past it. Well, oh. fishes aren't fuzzy unless they're really, really bad, and you don't want to go there. You know, yeah, that's not a happy fish. That is, that is, yeah. So, guys, hear about the no fly list? No. And not only yeah. did I hear about it, I There's got a, a copy list. and I'm not on it. Shocking. Uh, yeah. oh, literally, Corey downloaded the no-fly list that got leaked, by the way, for everyone who doesn't know. Just to check if I was on it, even though just I flew Just to check like if he was on ago. it. He could have just went to the airport. You never know. Maybe. You could get added. <laughs> now I'm definitely on it because I said I downloaded it. I mean, I how allegedly did, how downloaded it. How did this thing it. get leaked, Corey? 
Uh, it was actually a really funny, um, like it was, I think it was an S3 uh, permissions configuration. Again? There's like a hilarious blog post. Why uh, it's some Swiss hacker happening? God. I, I mean, it keeps happening because people are like, oh, we have to put our technology over somewhere else. And then they are like, how do we do this? And then they're like, I don't know. Let's just open things up so that it works. And then they forget about the part where you're supposed to lock it back down. Mm. So yeah, basically it was like, the, the blog is worth reading. The, uh, yeah, like you can click on that. The person is crime W, crime W dot gay. And um, it was an it's a very version, I guess. Yeah, so it's an amazing blog post. Uh, it's just so good. Basically, it's just like, yeah. I mean, you can you can scroll through it. It's like they find their Shodan. It starts with Shodan, like all good hacker stories. Yeah, you know, it starts in a galaxy far, far away on Shodan. Then they find you yeah, know SFTP credentials. Air. They they connect to the SFTP server. Highly illegal. They're definitely on the no fly list. And then <laughs> uh, what do you know? There's a there's an access key, an Amazon access key, which oh, might have bucket God, creds. Man. And then you know they connect to the bucket, and oh look, it's something called you know. Flight release, backup, flight release, and uh, yeah. So there you go. So you, you only have, have to worry list. if you are a bad person. And or that's the po- that's the picture they posted. <laughs> that's the picture. <laughs> that is the picture. It's literally is that a Pokemon? I think that's a Pokemon. So it's literally like you know, someone made the joke, and it's kind of been sticking in my head. But someone made the joke like you know, in hacker movies when they say like I'm in. No, what they actually say is. Oh, and then they take a picture with a Pokemon and say, holy bingle or whatever. <laughs> holy mangle. Holy oh. bingle, I'm in. Like, that's apparently what we need to make hackers now. I'm looking at so. this blog post and, and you, you said, hey, connect to the FTP and whatnot, but it doesn't say, it sure was after two minutes on file, I'm staring at FileZilla connected to a Navtech FTP server. Doesn't say how they logged in, though. Was it they just got the creds. Open? Oh, it was the creds. I, I think the creds were disclosed. Mm-hmm. Oh, the creds were in the repository. Yeah, uh, I just yeah. jumped to the login. Yeah, I got basically just bad opsec from uh, yeah know. all around. It was like an. It, it started like with Jenkins. Like too. I mean, Jenkins and Shodan. That's like peanut butter and jelly for hackers. I mean, that's like you don't want to do that. Don't expose Jenkins. Just don't. <laughs> There's a lot of opsec fails, but I think it was just uh, names, right? What what was in there? Was, yeah, what, there's no emails email. or anything. It's just basically just names. Names, um, yeah. And I think date of birth, possibly, as well. I think it's name and date of birth, if I remember correctly. So basically, you have... I think this is one of those things where you have a, a, a piece of information that needs to be shared with a large amount of people, but securely. This is where like security fails a lot of the time. It's like, yeah. we have a lot of airlines and a lot of different individuals need access to this data, but we don't know how to do that. So we're just going to screw up. Whoops. Just, you just make one big text document, you send it out to everybody, and then you rely on everybody else to secure it. And this is how this is how it got. Yes, that is that is exactly what you. Yeah. Yep. Because you know TSA is not going to write an API with auth and everything. No, right? so. no, no. That's way beyond their pay grade. Um, what they do, however, is every packet coming in, they send it through that X-ray machine, or if the packet doesn't want to like that, they can go to yeah. a special line where they. That's put on deep blue packet gloves. inspection. Right, it is. It is deep packet inspection. They put on the blue gloves as well, and they say, "Listen, we're going to go between the encapsulation headers. Just let me know if it, you know." <laughs> if there's a slight pinch, that'll be the that'll yeah. be the TCP/IP right. uh, protocol. We, we we try and get behind the preamble, but not you know specifically into the routing okay yeah so, i uh, yeah i, I guess yeah. much like real actual tsa they're not great at auditing those <laughs> so i want to talk about this other article real quick um and this one kind of is like a category of articles and i think we're going to see this even more and we've kind of brought up other examples of this and so we're probably going to continue to talk about it in some way or you know some breach but um there were uh paypal you paypal users um, that had their social security number, social security numbers, tax information leaked uh, during December during a, a cyber attack. Okay, now um, this makes like an article because you're saying cyber attack, bunch of information. You know, this is social security numbers. This is a bunch of information. How did it happen? PayPal must have bad security practices, right? Well, you dig into the article just a little bit, and you realize it's all credential stuffing. PayPal goes to look to find out what's going on, 
and they find out that they're logging in with the valid credentials and the users have reused passwords from you know years ago right mm -hmm. um and we've seen this now with uh groups targeting rewards programs at like chick-fil-a and other stuff mm -hmm. like that and then trying to monetize that um with the paypal incident what they were doing is specifically because i actually had this happen to my wife right she gets a notification says someone logged into her account i go look she's reused a password i log in to pretty much clean up the scenario see what happened and guess what they've done nothing there's there was money in the account and they hadn't even spent it yet right because what they were doing is, is they were logging into these accounts and trying to siphon all that PII from that and then resell it. And so that they could have longer time, right? Um, so, yeah, uh, I think we're going to see a whole category of that, right? So, I mean, who would buy this? That's the real real question. Like, who's like, oh, give me access. I'll pay five bucks for that access, that Chick-fil-A account. <laughs> I mean, it, some of those have money in it, though, too, right? Um, but I, I, I think yeah. The big, the big thing to take back from this is that maybe you signed up for PayPal a long time ago. You've never used it. You just don't use it, right? right? But you still use that password that you've used for years, right? Um, maybe finally yeah. you started making passwords, but it's still there. Um, so some of this stuff still kind of like laying around. And I think there's probably two ways to attack. Personally, you can go look at closing these accounts out. It's kind of a cumbersome activity if you don't know. Um, and second thing, I think that stuff like PayPal sh should be deactivating these accounts after yes. a certain amount of inactivity and that you would have oh. to manually reactivate this process because what's happening is is that once they get access to these accounts then they're just siphoning off whatever's in there right so so i think it should fall into the category of anti-fraud and i think every company that runs anything that has public authentication that should take up anti-fraud practices protecting their users even if you're just running a loyalty program at chick-fil-a you need to have like you need to have some kind of like way to protect your users, it, whether, you know, if the account doesn't get used, it, maybe it's locked or maybe if, you know, you do validation when the account gets set up to make sure that it isn't set up insecurely from the beginning. Or if there's a security incident, like if the accounts are public, you know, if the breach, if breach data is public, you need to be protecting your users uh, in some way. And I think that goes back to, like you said, people aren't going to do that. Like people have 400, 500 accounts or more. You're not going to go in like, I mean, unless you're security focused. Um, yeah. So I, I definitely think like the the company has the right and they're going to be the ones eating the cost, right? If my PayPal yeah. account gets hacked and I mean, I guess I, they could definitely push that back on the user and they probably will. But um, well, if I mean, it's, PayPal refund somebody for the PII goal and then suddenly maybe started getting credit cards and other things like that. Because right. They don't have yeah. Any, it's, it, 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 right? it spiders out. I, I think yeah. it comes down to like, protect your users. I mean, that's our job as cybersecurity professionals is protect people. That's that's our job. We protect data and people from bad people. And this is one of the duties of um, cybersecurity. So I think it it definitely, if you're a company that does this, you need to be monitoring and you need to be, you know, do what a lot of companies do, um, which is like Google or other companies. They have really good alerting for suspicious activity. They have really good alerting for bad passwords and all that stuff. If there's security incidents, they'll notify you, all that stuff. It's just like, it's not, it's not rocket science and it's worth the investment because your entire user base you're talking about. One, yeah. one of the things that I've found interesting about this type of stuff, and I, don't, I have no knowledge as to whether this is what's going on here, but when you, Corey, when you said like, who would buy these accounts, um, money laundering is definitely a thing that can happen here because you, mm. you go through and stock somebody's account up with a couple hundred bucks or whatever it is you transfer it in however you need to make that happen and then pay it out to a website that sells t-shirts or whatever whatever you've stood up now you have an irs traceable thing to say look yeah we sold four thousand t-shirts and it's all on paper and it all came from paypal and it all went through right. the thing but they never had to ship a single shirt and mm -hmm. did anybody actually lose any money in that I mean, don't know where the original money came from, but that's very hard to detect fraud wise unless someone's Just the original login, right? Scale. Yeah, I, I've yeah. seen the, also um, uh, the other one with uh, eBay. So a common uh, eBay tactic, right, is you credential stuff. You find old old accounts with some you know, some feedback and then you just sell something, you sell lots of something. Right. And you collect all, all that money as fast as possible. The user realizes, um, you know, that 
they're a lot of times they're like old or dormant accounts. Like maybe they're not even getting the emails anymore. They'll sell a bunch of stuff and then take that money and run. Right. So there, are, there's definitely ways to like capitalize on just getting access to an account. Right. Even if that account doesn't have like money, like you can use it to do more stuff. Right. So yeah, exactly and and, and, and you're right, because now that I think about it, like a lot of places will aggressively protect their signups to yep. prevent people from botting and automating signups to like, you know, you have to have a CAPTCHA or a valid email or valid mm-hmm. SMS so or all this stuff. And credential it's, stuff. Exactly. It's ratcheted up over the, the it bet used to be probably you just like have an email and your PayPal account's created, right? But now yeah. it's probably like they have identity verification. They have all this other stuff because they know that it's more and like like Ian said, all the risks that come with having a PayPal account, they have to take on that risk. So there's yeah. much more validation. Back in the day, these legacy accounts, not so much. So it's probably easier to cred stuff your way into a bunch of accounts or buy them versus making the accounts from scratch. Yep. So there's a market for it. And I think it's kind of a whole class. I mean, it's credential stuff in general, but like utilize that to take over and like add that, you know, uh, it, I mean, it keeps going. So Alex, that, mm-hmm. that, that comment is amazing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw it myself. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Ralph uses, he actually found out KFC has no data cap. So he just been backing up all of his data. Yeah. I back up all my data to KFC. It's you don't, spiteful. you don't know about the bucket object storage. Bucket object. Storage. Oh, get out! That's, oh, it. that's that like beautiful. Should we just cancel? Should we just cancel yeah, the show? Are we like, um, oh, insert dad joke. It's they're all coming. It's protected um, with eleven different encryption keys. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Eleven different encryption keys. <laughs> Secret encryption. Keys. <laughs> Secret encryption <laughs> encryption keys. That's right. Love it. And the data is fried to make it nice and crispy. Okay, I'm oh really done. Oh, no, there's you a kernel joke in there somewhere. Now, huh? The encryption algorithm. Oh, yeah. there's a kernel joke. Yeah, if, if if the data is lost, it causes a kernel panic and, and uh, Colonel Sanders shows oh. up at your house. Yeah. Jesus. All right. Well, uh, did Inkles they wanted to talk about this week? We have a little time here, uh, but. Oh, oh, Microsoft has urged all customers to secure their exchange servers i feel like this one comes up every month so oh, that, that, that's an article from two years ago so okay has anyone been have has anyone been paying attention to the whole like chip manufacturing thing ralph have you been paying attention to this are you talking about the stuff in china i don't have a link yeah like how yeah. basically like it's kind of like the world has to fight against china to keep them from uh monopolizing all chip microchip manufacturing i don't know well, if you so- haven't been following it we shouldn't talk about it but so I yeah, there was a story that came out over the weekend. I'm trying to find it real quick, but it was uh, I want to say Norwegian or in that area of the world is one of the top manufacturers that makes like high end semiconductor manufacturing equipment, and they've essentially said we're not going to sell that to China anymore. They sell it to China; it all gets manufactured over there. But but someone else has actually built the thing that builds the thing. And they're they're basically embargoing that in the same way that uh like the the Wassener arrangement does for munitions or or whatnot. Not, it's not going on the yeah. Wassener arrangement, but the same kind of thing. So I'm so, trying to find the article too, but it is it is really the US the US has uh China on like the sanctioned list for certain types of technology. There was an article that just came out, I think it was uh I read it uh today actually. Um and it was about uh GPUs still getting accessed. Um so like NVIDIA GPUs and other like high end of uh, GPUs used for you know ML and other things like that getting accessed, um, and China's able to get them through resellers and other ways. And so you know, kind of like the the sanctions aren't really doing much, right? They're getting those damn things, um, and they're putting them to use, right? Um, you know, so yeah. So I think I might have found the article. Basically, it's talking about how chip makers uh, rely on a company called ASML that makes technology that they use to make their chip manu- uh, their chips. They're you know, how are they handling? Like, is there going to be like an OPEC for chip manufacturing? Um, you know, is, is that how it's going to be? Or like basically keeping it, keeping it from, you know, that monopoly. Um, so it's just like, I think basically how the, the article that came out was like, everyone is kind of banding together to buy some of this up so that China doesn't just buy 100% of it. <laughs> yes. And China's using these for education. Is that why it's Chinese education domains that keep 
attacking all of my websites. Yes, yes. Yeah. Only dot China edu. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the actual yeah. domain, but um, yeah. No. <laughs> no, I mean this is an incredibly complicated political thing, though. I mean, really, it is. Yeah. Like we personally, I think you know we made some very bad decisions in in the you know 70s and 80s when we basically said, "Hey, China, we don't want to make this stuff. You make it." And we we literally lost the knowledge, the capability to actually manufacture this stuff. Thankfully, uh, there you know countries like uh, the you know am, uh, well people like the Dutch and and whatnot who have said, well, we're going to keep manufacturing the equipment, but now we're gonna we're gonna cut off that access to that. And and it's it's complicated because in the end, like okay, you know these these chip manufacturers stop making them there. And but then who's going to make them? Because most of that stuff comes from there. Uh, Plus, you know, you know, some of these companies in China and I realize I'm going to say something controversial here, but Uh some of these some of the well, it's not controversial like we generally talk controversially. Uh, But, you know, some of these companies probably aren't doing anything wrong. They're trying to run a business. They're trying to manufacture chips. They're selling a product. But there's governmental issues and privacy and ip issues that are getting completely violated in china so it's really i mean imagine being a dutch company making a ton of money selling something to china and then the u.s is like hey you can't do that what are you doing you're like exactly are you gonna buy it like you can't just tell me i can't sell my thing like like that it's very geopolitically complicated but yeah it, it is it's classic i think more than anything like we as like Apple needs to decide, okay, we're going to, you know, we're going to pay a little bit extra for manufacturing and not have it made by effectively slave labor, right? Like that, that we have to decide that as companies that make things that like, okay, this, the labor is going to cost more than $4 a year. Um, so that's going to drive up the cost of the product, which is going to cut into your margin. So that hundred trillion dollars in cash is just going to, you know, have to be used for something else other than profit or whatever. So, um, but yeah, I I think it'll be interesting depending on, I know there's like big chip plants being built elsewhere outside of China specifically because of mainly the COVID lockdowns. It has nothing to do with good faith or goodwill or anything. Apple will totally spin it as being good faith and goodwill. And we're toward moving out of China, but it's because of supply chain because of the COVID lockdowns. It's not because of goodwill. But well, it can um, be both. I mean, I'm not trying to be that, <laughs> that, that, like, it can be both. It can be, it makes business sense and it makes this other thing. But yeah, the, the business sense is what drove it, not the, the goodness. Exactly. Yeah. The, the, the true reason it got a signature from some, you know, higher up is from because, Tim Apple. Of the, because Tim Apple's like, where's my screens? And, and, and China's like COVID lockdown screens two months. He's like, Build a factory somewhere else. <laughs> Burn it to the ground. Well, the other question that I've got is this. What are the bets that the Chinese government goes ahead and seizes some of these machines that are already in China and reverse engineers them, which we all know how the Chinese feel about intellectual property? Oh, if they're well, in China, how they reverse engineered? They don't have to reverse engineer anything because they've been stealing all of the intellectual property for decades. Yeah, they're making yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think... Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that is part of the risk, but um, I, I it's obviously the company's was, yeah. ASML's, you know, role to protect their stuff. So, yeah, I, I think the plan in this was to cut China off, and I hate to say this because I mean I'm, I'm going to put on the kindness hat, if you will. Like we've got problems globally, but most people just wake up, they want to eat, they want to see their kids be healthy and whatnot, and we're talking like up here. So, but but when we say China. You know, it's not the people, it's the problem, you know, that we're talking about. But with, with all that said, I think the idea here was to cut China off from new advanced technology and basically stick them where it's like, this is the gear you've got. And, and, and that worked fabulously in Cuba. They certainly don't have cars from the 50s still running and well-maintained. <laughs> but what other options do we have that aren't kinetic? And they're really Yeah, hard. I mean, and it's like the whole like chip ban from China, TikTok ban. Like, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's very interesting because we are in some regard biting the hand that feeds. Like how many, you know, what is our export ratio? Most of the stuff is stuff that we're getting from China. And it's a lot of interesting things start happening when you start trade wars. Uh, you know, when you're like, 
China's bad. They're like, okay, no iPhones for you. Like the American people are right. going to be like, we want iPhones. We like, you know, like it's very, it's a fraught issue to start being like cutting off the hand that feeds a lot of everything. Really a lot of, from like the smallest, you know, BHIS merchandise that was stamped in China for like $2 or whatever, all the way up to like, you know, the actual chips that are going in missiles or something. Like I know they're banning that, but like, you know pretty crazy to it's a huge swath of goods that get cut off if you start messing with it so it's got to be done with care yeah no i mean you couldn't be more right you can actually look at forget chips food and forget food even grown in china a long time ago they figured out it was easier to get uh different animals or plants or whatever that need to be prepared ship it by boat have it at the labor that's actually like you know cleaning it and skinning it and doing all the stuff to prepare raw food freezing it and sending it back so there's literally it's really crazy caught and sent around and gone to china and packaged and back and if they go yeah well we're just going to cut that off oh you're a farmer yeah you're a farmer you're like where are these cows going china why so they can get cut up and sent back here <laughs> it's like <laughs> what I, that's really how the global supply chain works yeah. though one boat gets stuck in the suez canal and you know who knows the end the end <laughs> On that dapper note, come and join Ooh. us for the Anti-Siphon Smackdown in March. <laughs> if you're joining from China, you'll need a VPN. That's right. Yes, <laughs> double VPN. Yeah, no, we're right at the, the top. Are there any other stories? All attendees will receive a copy of the, oh. the most advanced EUV manufacturing technology that we have to offer. Right. So I did <laughs> want to mention this other article real quick. Okay. Uh, it's a really short one, though. So... um. If you guys haven't used, uh, Thinks has um, like the Thinks Canary, but they also have these little uh, Thinks tokens. Um, so these are uh, Canary tokens that you can kind of put inside your network to different stuff. Uh, recently, they re released one for credit cards. So what you can do is you can create a real credit card and it'll let you know uh, if it's ever been used. And so you can place it around um, and kind of get alerts, right? So um, kind of cool. Uh, I saw that that came what? out last week. Yeah, that's actually really good. It's like a lun check algorithm, or it's an actual credit card that can it's, get. Yeah, blocked. so I think it's an actual. I'm not exactly sure of like the logistics of how it works, but I think it actually yeah. like makes a transaction and then let you know that someone tried to you know tried to use. It, so oh, I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah. So the effort canary tokens. There's some other ones. This is kind of fun, um, especially if you've got a big environment to put some canary tokens around like AWS tokens to put in there, other stuff like that, that would just be like high hit items. Um, and the great part about, a, uh, you know, some kind of canary token like this is you get like very uh, actionable intelligence that somebody is looking at and trying to use this, um, you know, uh, data, right? So yeah, know. it'll be very just interesting for security research to like, <laughs> if there's a phishing page that harvests credit card numbers to put it in and like, just see how soon until it gets used. Yeah. How right. long does it take? How long yes. is it like immediate? Do they automatically charge something or are they like selling it and then using it somewhere as someone else going to end up using yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the other other thing I'm to see is if they come out with some way to detect whether it's a canary or not. Um, and I'm not sure if there is, um, but I'm enough. And, you know, I said then it, there's probably just no way. I think so. I think you, you're way overestimating the intelligence and capabilities <laughs> of attackers. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, I, 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 I have to look at how they're doing this. But I'd be willing to bet that what they've done is they've set up a singular uh, card brand merchant account or something to that effect where you uh -huh. can do testing. So there's a bunch of like if you've done a, any sort of credit card buzzing or building a web app that's got that there's a bunch of credit card numbers that are just fake, but they'll process with anything. And essentially, mm -hmm. uh, it'll tell you it'll be like this card will fail on anything over than over $20. This card number will pass on and they've got a bunch of rules and it's so you can enter in a credit card number and test uh, sure. if your app is working. I'm betting they registered something like that to say this bin number, the first was it four digits of your 16 digit pan number. So those four are all canary token numbers. And then we will do a LUN check uh, to, to generate the rest of that number. It would mm -hmm. not surprise me if that is true that a bunch of attackers would realize that pretty quickly and say, all right, this bin number for the bank that's assigned to Thinks Canary, never run those into our data set. Again, though, are they really thinking that hard? Because I feel no. like it's like, oh, me want credit card, me use credit card. Me use credit card. Me need me want credit card, card now. now. So. 
Anyways, just thought it was kind of cool. But scammers do oh, go to amazing lengths. So, I mean, I could see it. You never know. Good, the good ones will get there. The bad ones will get caught. And that's how any of this stuff works. Wade probably dropped off the call because he had a hit on one of his credit card canaries yes, and needs to go investigate it. I'll just assume. Cool. So let's wrap this, this thing up then. I, I was kind of serious. Please. It, we've got one day left uh, until uh, the end of the call for papers for the anti-siphon hackdown. So if you want to do any sort of talk specifically on red team stuff, I can tell you right now, your chances of being accepted are pretty good still. So please, if you've got an idea and would like to get it in, please go to anti-siphon uh, uh, training. 30 minute talks too. So yeah, that's a nice, minutes. that's yeah. a nice length. That's you don't have to write some crazy novel. It's not super short either. It's a nice little 30 minute chunk. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think uh, next week, a bunch of us, no, I guess it's the week after we'll be out at S4 in Miami. So come say hi if you're out there. And if you were at CactusCon, uh, you would have met a lot of the team out there. So thanks for joining. So uh, with with that little bit of sales, as we like to do the sales at the end as much as we can or the marketing or whatever you want to call it, because we're really bad at this uh, for myself and the rest of the team here. Thank you for coming. Thank you for checking out the news. Let us know what you thought in the comments on YouTube or either on our Discord. Join our Discord at discord.gg slash BHIS. And thanks for your time. We'll talk to you next Monday. Thank you, everybody. Bye, guys. Burn it down.